Welcome to the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. On this podcast, let's step aside from our busy lives to have fun, fascinating, life-giving conversation with inspiring authors, pastors, sports personalities, and other influencers, leaders, and followers. Sit back, grab some coffee, or head down the road, and let's get the good and gold from today's guest. Here's Jeff Pinkleton, Executive Director of the Gathering of the Miami Valley, where their mission is to connect men to men and men to God. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining us again today for another episode of the Pinkleton Pull Aside Podcast. We like to talk all things life, leadership, lessons, and I love talking to people in the world of sports and comedy and pastors and authors and the like. And uh, since I've ever first started dreaming about podcasting, I did one before doing this one now, I have always wanted to get someone from the world of professional wrestling. And today it happens. My new friend, Nikita Koloff, and before I even say much about him, let's just say the two-word phrase, Russian nightmare, is not going to come up too often. But when it does, it has to be said about this guy. So welcome to the podcast, The Russian Nightmare, Nikita Koloff. Hey, Jeff, great to be with you. So, so I'm your, I'm your first uh, pro wrestling interview. The first one I've, I've wanted some, uh, you were on that list. One of them wanted to charge me a crazy fee, which I've never had anybody ask me for money for a podcast and I'll keep that person nameless. Maybe you <laughs> would might know based on money. And when I heard the fee, I'm like, what just to be on a podcast that they're not even to come for. Uh, so that one did not happen and never would. But yeah, I'm I'm super excited. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. Now, now for the record, I, I typically uh, I don't I don't ask for fees. What I encourage people typically who want to interview me, I didn't I didn't do it with you, but you know because I do a lot of wrestling interviews mm -hmm. and podcasts, and I'm like, and, and I just like give people an opportunity. I go, hey, if you want to if you want to sow into the ministry and can contribute, uh, that'd be awesome. The, you know the no minimum. The more you give, the more men we're able to minister to. And actually, believe it or not, I have I have quite a few who who do that. And wow, so, very cool. Uh, not a requirement of mine, but I give I give people that opportunity just to just to be able to invest and and so into what we're doing. So uh, I get that, but and I know I know there are others, uh, not just that, that interview on podcasts, but do other types of ministry sure. that you know have fees and we can talk about that. I, I'm not fee-based as a ministry. I, I'm, I'm what's called faith-based. Mm. If you know, do you know the difference between that faith-based and fee-based? Amen. Is there, is there a clever line coming? I want the clever line if you got one. <laughs> well, from day one, and, and again, we can go whatever direction you want to go in the interview today, but on day one, when the Lord made it clear that the ultimate call of my life was, was ministry and we launched Cole Offer Christ Ministries officially back in 1998, he made it crystal clear that I would be faith-based. In other words, mm -hmm. I wouldn't charge a, quote, fee to go preach or to go do revivals or crusades or conferences, etc. cetera, uh, that I would trust him to speak to them, them being the pastors and whoever else is organizing uh, these, different, these different ministry opportunities to take love offerings, to give honorariums or a combination thereof, and that that's how he would support yeah. me. So part of the testimony, Jeff, is the last official corporate 
payroll I've been on was World Championship Wrestling, WCW, mm-hmm. November 1992. Wow. And so since then, I have been trusting the Lord to supply, support, provide, supply my needs. And I haven't missed uh, really any meals. So God has been faithful. That's a testimony unto itself right there for sure. Yes, sir. You know, and what I think, because yes. I've, I've had to I've had to navigate that road with people. Like we have kind of a, when we do these two breakfast events a year, we have one coming up next week where we have 400 people in a venue and it's packed out and it's sold out. You know, we kind of have a standard by like, okay, here's what we can do if people are willing to do it. You know, I think the other thing is I always look at things like that and say, okay, how do we do, how do we show honor and respect and put our best foot yes. forward? But knowing we can't do, you know, what somebody else might be able to do, or if you did a thing for a cruise line or you did something for a Fortune 500 company that, you know, so I, I love kind of what you're saying. And I, I think it's always with anybody's situation. How, how do both ends put up their best foot forward? Seems like a good well, way to go. Well, yeah, and it, because, well, and, and biblically speaking, right, let's talk about the Bible for a moment. I mean, because truthfully, it does say, you know, a worker is worthy of his hire, right? So, you know, the, the scripture clearly says that as well. I mean, Paul, Paul, Apostle Paul talked about all those who financially supported him in his journeys and, you know, and what he did in pioneering and planting churches. And so there is that side of it. And, and hopefully any ministry that, you know, would want me or anyone else in would want to Again, sow and invest in what I believe Cola for Christ Ministries is good soil and honor the man of God and and do and do it with excellence, you know, not not skimp on it, if you will, thinking uh, oh oh, you know, uh, oh he's got he's got plenty of money. We don't even have, we don't have to give him anything, you yeah. know. And for the record, uh, I've I've had to deal with a little bit of that too. Sure. So anyway, uh, that said. It's been a walk of faith, and, uh, and, and but it's been an amazing journey. So yeah, I look at it this way: do you do you want a really good top of the line restaurant that you're going to pay fifty bucks a meal for, or do you want a crappy fifteen dollar meal? I mean, okay, I pay the extra right. thirty five bucks and get a really good meal. I mean, you know, that's so yeah. What someone provides and what they give back. Uh, that's why before we even started, when I prayed for you. My prayer is that you would receive back more than what you give because I think you're going to give a lot to this conversation. So jumping in here, we always start with a testimony. And here's how I want to start with your testimony. If someone would have said to me back in the day when I'm watching NWA slash WCW, WWF, I love Mid-South. I'm from Tennessee, so Mid-Southern and the Jerry Lawler, Jeff Jarrett, Jerry Jarrett kind of time period, WCCW, and it was called different things down in Texas, all these all these uh, different promotions and regions. If someone would have said to me, Jeff, now I know you're young, you're you know, a teenage boy or whatever, there's going to be one of these guys who gets really radical for Jesus, and he's going to go around the country and share about Jesus with people, and you would have given me a list of about 100 names, and I get to choose. I'm guessing Nikita Koloff is not a name I would have chosen because when you <laughs> stuck out that tongue and you posed, and then you even had a chain sometimes, Man, you could scare the bejeebers out of me. I mean, literally, I'm going to tell you this, Nikita. When I was a kid growing up, I was so into wrestling and following it. I love, I love story. That, when people say, why do you watch wrestling? I say, it's the beauty of story. And we all in us have a heel side and we have a face side. And you love when people change. You changed. I remember the moment because Magnum TA was injured and you became Dusty Rhodes' tag team partner. And you went from... Nobody ever saw you going from heel to face, but I would have never chosen you. 
I had nightmares of the of the Road Warriors. I met Joe Laronitis, who we'll get to in a little bit, who had a huge part in you getting into professional wrestling. And I had a nice conversation one time with James Laronitis. But I would have never chosen Nikita Koloff to be the person doing what he's doing now. Is that a surprise? You probably get that. I'm not the first person to say that. Elaborate on that and tie that into your testimony. Yeah, it's kind of fun. There's so many stories that come flooding. I was flying out one time, and and uh, the, uh, the the gal at the uh, at the gate, uh, the uh, checking us in, whatever at the gate was a, was a wrestling fan, recognized the name, and she's like, "Oh, are you still wrestling? What are you doing now?" And I'm like. <laughs> Uh, actually, I'm in full-time ministry. I'm an evangelist. I tell people about Jesus. I travel all over the world. And and she she paused for a bit. She like she goes, "Wow, that's like." I'll never forget her saying this. She's like, "That's like two polar opposite ends of the world." <laughs> so, yeah, you are right. I go. That's just proof that there is a God because uh, you know if He could save the Russian nightmare, Nikita Kolchatov. <laughs> <laughs> that that he could he can potentially he can no one's beyond hope. Let's just say that. So I have to chuckle when you say if I had given a list of hundred names, the last person I probably wouldn't even consider would have been Nikita Koloff. I'm right there with you, Jeff, because never in a million years, a million or more years, would I have ever considered I'd be traveling the world, sharing the gospel, the good news, telling people about jesus when i was as you said hanging people with chains and and doing whatever else i did in the ring and um all that said so yeah my my career we could talk about as little or as much about that as you want i'll, I'll just highlight this part of it when i walked away from wrestling under my own terms at age 33 which was very unusual for that business most guys are just catapulting their career in their 30s. I chose to walk away, and there's a whole story behind that. But 11 months later, I found myself, you know, I was in this season now. What does life hold for Nikita Koloff post-wrestling? What am I going to do? And I had some health clubs at the time, and I thought, ah, I don't know what to do this for the rest of my life. And I met a Christian couple through business ventures, and they had invited me to their church a few times. And so... I went, uh, called them up randomly, called them up and, and said, hey, I'll be there Sunday. And and I went, and it was the first time I'd ever been to that church. And all that to say, it was an aha moment for me. You know, I was successful. I talk about one of my books, Wrestling With Success. I was successful, but I was unfulfilled. You know, I'd become a world champion a number of times, climbed the ladder of success in wrestling, you know, had a level of, quote, fame, but something was still missing. And, and it was in that service, the aha moment where I'm like, you know, I, I, I'm hearing about, and it's not that I didn't know the story of Jesus, you know, the man who had spikes driven through his hands and his feet and the spear through his side. It's not like I never had heard that story, but that story never made the 18 inch trip from my head down to my heart until 17 October 1993 in that church service when I went forward, fresh off of television, first one to the altar, on my knees, confessing and repenting, asking Jesus into my heart to take over. And, and, and I encountered him that day for real, and life's just never been the same since. So had you sensed prior to going to that church service 
had you sensed that God was really drawing you in, or was it clearly out of nowhere the moment you walked in that church and heard the pastor preach? Great question, the way you phrased it. Uh, I, it's, and it's not like I ne never went to church. I mean, I, I like to say it this way. If I frequented a church prior to that, it was all for the wrong reasons. And there's not enough time to get into all that. Just understand it was not for the right reasons that I maybe went to church prior to that. And, and but still didn't frequent a church a lot. You know, I say very rarely. At best, you might say I call them CEOs, Christmas and Easter only. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. Yep. Um, um, and and then not even then. Sometimes did I even go on Christmas or Easter? But all that to say, yeah, it wasn't like I felt this this drawing or this wooing as much as I just sensed something was still missing. And so when I went on that particular day. That was just, I just look back and go, that was my moment. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you this story real quick. There was a man that came up to me after service. His name introduced himself because my name's Buddy. I'm not a wrestling fan. He goes, but I got to tell you this story. He goes, I hadn't been to church here in several months, but he goes, I've been really sick. And he, he goes, I wasn't coming today. I was, I'm sick. And he looks sick. He goes, but God just prodded me and prompted me to come. He goes, I got to tell you, he goes, five years ago, I was, I was surfing through the TV channels I stopped and watching wrestling and you're doing an interview, Nikita. And the Holy Spirit says to my, says, speaks to me and says, pray these words, hmm. pray for that man's salvation. I have a call to ministry on his life. And he goes, I faithfully pray for you for the last five years every day. And, and he started tearing up. He goes, I didn't even know you're here. But when you, until you walked across the front of the altar, I go, oh my gosh, that's the guy I've been praying for. And he goes, and it hit me out of all the services, all the churches in the world, God prompted me to come to witness with my own eyes, you, Nikita Koloff, give your life to Jesus. God blessed me today. And, and, and so, and I never forgot that. Pray for that man's salvation. I have a call to ministry on his life. So I tell you that story. Here's a guy who prays for me every day for five days, doesn't even know me. So those of you out there who are struggling to pray for others, don't give up praying. Keep praying for people. So, so Nikita, that's crazy. You said this guy's name's Buddy, and he saw you on TV, and you said he was not a wrestling fan, but he stumbled across you in an interview and prayed for you. Did he then start watching wrestling just to have a dimensional thing to you to say, okay, I'm praying for this guy? Or did he just pray for you without ever watching wrestling again? He said he's not a fan, so uh, my, my assumption is he never watched wrestling again. It was just a, a a divine moment for him that he pauses. He's watching me do this interview, and God says, pray for that man's salvation. I have a call to ministry on his life, quote, unquote. And, and so I don't know if he ever watched wrestling ever again or not. And he didn't live much longer after that either. He died not long after that. But he lived long enough to tell me that story. Yeah. And he was there that day, you know, to be able to share that with me. So, you know, it's so interesting. I don't know if you, you've heard this quote before. I love there's a famous quote by John Piper. And he says at any given moment, God is doing thousands of things in our lives. And we might be so blessed to capture a handful of them. And I love how specific that story is. What are the odds of you and that guy crossing paths? I was, I was on vacation last week. I think I told you in Tennessee with uh, our senior pastor and his family who we're real close to. So eight kids, four adults. We stopped in Richmond, Kentucky, which was about the halfway point, a little over the halfway point, going down. Our friends see a girl, the wife used to coach in basketball. Ten minutes later, I see this family 
and the wife just lost her husband mid 40s to cancer and when we left it was just like that felt like such a sacred moment i just went to the funeral spoke at it on the fly because somebody came over to me and said you need to go speak about men and his time with men connected to our ministry whatever and when i gave her a hug and she came over and we talked and her daughter was there and her mom and dad it just felt so sacred and i'm like how good is god that we all randomly end up in richmond kentucky where nobody lives nobody was traveling to the same point and god's just that good that way and you see it i'm sure you yep. i'm sure you can experience it you, t you taste it and see it time and time again but your story I've, that's so remarkable it's just crazy even think about it but again but god only yeah. god could orchestrate Amen. that make that happen that buddy could witness it with his own eyes bless him in that way and then, and then, honestly, you know, did I fully know what that meant that in that moment? No, nah, not not really. I kind of got the salvation part of it, but you know, a calling. I'm like, okay, a what? A calling? Okay. Not now. I know. Now I realize what a calling is. Every one of us has a calling to our life, and and just so happens, my ultimate calling is doing what I've been doing the last 28 years and wrestling, being a platform that has allowed me to go to now a total of 30 different countries, all 50 states, preaching over 1,200 churches, wow. facilitate man camps, conferences, write books, have a podcast, a radio show, and now upcoming a television show. Nikita returns to TV. There's what? your there's what? your lead there's your lead in. Yeah, what's Will that? Nikita Koloff return to TV. What is it? You said you are? You do have something coming up? Yeah. So quick backstory on that. Stu Epperson, the, the founder of Truth Radio Network, based out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, approached me a couple of years ago now and said, you need a radio show. You need a podcast. I'm like, I don't know about that. I've never done that before. Right. But then another aha moment. God's like, look, you've been praying and asking me to expand your territory, expand your reach, expand your voice for my glory. And I thought, what? Well, hello, what better way than the airwaves in this brand new podcast platform? And, mm -hmm. and, and so we launched that. And to date, the podcast has been downloaded so far in 60 different countries. Wow. So twice as many as I've traveled to. So I've already doubled my travels, so to speak. And here in the month of March, initially through MorningstarTV.com, we're going to be launching a television version mm. of the radio show. The Very Man cool. Up Show. And I've got already two other television platforms that are also interested in uh, airing the show as well once right. we get it up and running. So, yeah, just uh, it's crazy. It's Jeff, I'd say if I look back at my life at this juncture, the word surreal mm. would fit right there between the wrestling career and ministry and what God's got me doing. It's just, it's just surreal. You know, I loved, I listened to a couple of your episodes of your podcast. I listened to a couple like fan type things or whatever the other day. And then I listened to Telly Blanchard. I listened to Brad Johnson, who's, you know, Super Bowl champion quarterback. And it was fun to hear Brad Johnson talk to you. You could tell he really respects you and had fun. And he, it was the episode where he talked about you with, you know, being a Russian and your name changed, which you officially changed your name to Nikita Koloff. But yeah. it, it was fun to hear. You could tell you just kind of relate to anybody and everybody. You're not like, I can only talk to people at this level. I'm only talking to fans. I mean, you just were very relatable. There was a joyful tone to your voice as you were talking about things. And I'm curious. So back in 1993, 
when you came to Christ, now obviously you've been removed from the wrestling world, and I'm imagining that world, when it ends, it ends pretty quickly. But what are what's Tony Schiavone or what's Ric Flair or what's Magnum? T- I mean, what are these guys saying when they find out and you cross paths with them at a next time, whether it's a, a autograph signing, you, you go to some event, catch up with the guys. What are they saying about you coming to Jesus? Well, it's, it's funny you ask that. That's a great question, too, because, you know, I, I've really been asked that one before, I don't think, or, or very rarely. So I'm going to tell you a story about the total package Lex Luger, right, who who literally just, just tried to call me while we're doing this mm-hmm. interview. He said, by the way, I'm like, hey, can't talk. Uh, but, but my phone's blowing up. But anyway, and, and so Luger was funny because, you know, in fact, him and I co-facilitate a, a camp together called Man. Yep camp we can talk a little bit more about that maybe or give the information on that but um he lived with me in 2015 for about 10 months and god birthed this vision for these one-day conferences called man up conference you probably catch a theme here between the radio show tv show the conference and the camp but all that said when he first heard i left wrestling i think his exact words were that guy's an idiot but he goes, no, maybe I said you're a moron. I can't remember. Either <laughs> or. Maybe both. <laughs> because because I left, Jeff, right before all of, you know, before pay-per-view television, the explosion where guys literally went from making thousands of dollars to making tens of millions of dollars, like for real. Like the guy that replaced me, essentially, was a guy named Bill Goldberg, Okay. They signed this guy to a $3 million a year contract. I didn't make that my entire career combined, let alone one year. And that was just for wrestling. And, and so, you know, that was his initial thought. And, and it, it wouldn't be till really till 2006 that I would reconnect with Lex Luger two months after he surrendered his life to Jesus, April 23rd, 2006. We were reunited at a conference out in Phoenix, Arizona, the AIM Conference with Larry Karachuk. Well, that said, a couple of years after I gave my life to Jesus, I corralled Sting in a corner at the Charlotte Coliseum. And I like to say it this way. I threw up for about 30 minutes uh, uh, Jesus on Sting uh, to the point of like, dude, I got to go. And I'm like, we'll continue this conversation. He's like, he, he told me later on the on the interview, you hear it on the podcast interview, he goes, oh, no, we won't. <laughs> right? But then to come find out three years later, he gives his life to Jesus. I invited Ivan Koloff, the other Uncle Ivan, to a revival. And Jeff, it was at this revival that he came forward to the altar, gave his life to Christ. And wow. that night was set free of drug addiction, alcohol, tobacco addiction. I mean, he met Jesus and life was never the never the same for him till the day he went to his grave and went home to be with Jesus. So these guys, uh, and then I got word, I tell you this too, from a few people that, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, oh, Nikita's found a new a new gig, you know, or whatever. But not understanding, man. It, it, look, anyone who's had been in ministry for any length of time, at least my experience, even I told you about being faith-based, is, oh, he's just in it for the money. Well, they don't know anything about real ministry then because, you know, one, I'm not doing it for the money. Two, it's been a walk of faith that, that I just testified to and uh, entrusting God to provide. And so there's numerous guys. Those are just a few stories. Road Warrior Hawk. I mean, I could go into Road Warrior Hawk, Road Warrior Animal, you know, how I had a role in seeing them 
make a decision and come to Christ. Uh, you know, so the list goes on. The list goes on. So that's interesting because, you know, when you think about what that's like, I mean, if people want to know more about Lex Luger, I mean, they should go to YouTube because I did it last night. And I looked up Nikita Koloff, Lex Luger, and I think it was on Worldwide. There was a thing where you were getting interviewed, and he was he was down by the ring, and you guys go after it. You get in a ring that you know he he does. I think he, you guys have to chain and hit him. He comes back and uses it on you. He gets back to the dressing room, and then you come back there. So as wrestling, obviously we know it's not real. Tell the story, play it out, let it do its thing. That segment alone would show the rivalry you and Lex Luger had. And if people do more, there's a whole lot more you can find out about Lex Luger, his, his relationship with Miss Elizabeth, who passed away. He went through some brutal health stuff. Is, what's his health like now? Well, I mean, he's a, he's a walking miracle. Yeah, go get Wrestling with the Devil. Go yes. get his book. Go on Amazon, get Wrestling with the Devil. And, and get his whole life story. It's, it's, a, it's, a, pheno it's a phenomenal story. Uh, of God's grace and mercy. And, uh, you know, he never fully recovered from the spinal cord injury, but he is a walking miracle because he was originally like Magnum TA. They have a very parallel story. You know, both were diagnosed to be quadriplegics in bed the rest of their life, lifted out of a bed, you know, shaved and bathed and fed. Both of them are, are able to stand on their own two feet. That's just a miracle of God. And they give credit to God. And so, you know, you know, Lex is, you know, not bound to a wheelchair, but cause he can take care of himself and drive and so he travel can. and do autograph signings. Magnum and I just did a personal appearance together in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He drives, you know, he's on his feet, but, but they're limited in their physical sure. capabilities, but walking miracles. Well, I know, I know Lex has made some great recovery cause he, when you watch, I don't know how many years ago that was, some videos with him talking, whatever. I mean, he, he looked like death was very imminent, you know, back in at his worst moments or whatever. So um, tell a little bit of the story. So you get into wrestling. I, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but I met Joe Laranitis. He was at our local sporting goods store. It's now closed, signing autographs. And we went and talked. And I could tell based on our communication that he was definitely walking with the Lord. And his son, James, who played in the NFL and um, now is an announcer, Oh, no, he just left. I forget. Is he working for the – he's working at Notre Dame. He just got – Notre Dame. I think he got hired with Notre Dame. Yeah, which their head coach is from my neck of the woods. But, you know, Laronitis, James Laronitis, definitely very passionate about the Lord, easy conversationalist, whatever. But he's the one that kind of pulled you in. You were in Minnesota. You knew each other together. Tell that story. Give us, like, the 60-second version of that story of how you got connected to wrestling through Joe Laronitis in Minnesota. Yep. So I was responsible or part of a, re a college recruiting. You know, football was my passion. Uh, played high school, played college up in Minnesota, uh, Moorhead State University, Golden Valley Lutheran College. Believe it or not, a Bible college. I tell people I didn't go to learn about Jesus. I went because they were number one JUCO team in the nation at the time. And I knew several of the coaches from my old high school. And, and so I was part of the recruiting process. And I recruited Joe out of Irondale High School, New Brighton, Minnesota, to play college football. Still remember the day I toured him and his mom and dad on campus. We connected. We hit it off. We became the best of friends. I became a prodigal son for for with his mom, Lorna. She fell in love with me. I fell in love with their family. Joe dropped out of college football. Next thing I know, he's on TBS on the Superstation, wrestling professionally. He, in turn, when I graduated, training for a pro football tryout, he makes a phone call. 
and shares a storyline of a uh, of someone they're looking for, a big guy to shave his head, becoming a Russian, becoming Ivan Koloff's nephew. He makes that phone call. I call Jim Crockett Promotions, Jim Crockett in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's the short 60-second version. The rest is history. Yeah. Wow. That's so, that's so interesting. So let me ask you this. You know, when I looked at your Wikipedia page, it, it was interesting to me knowing, you know, like I said, Rock and Roll Express, Dusty Rhodes, Road Warriors, Magnum, Lex, all these things. I'm like, wow, he wrestled for like eight or nine years. That's cr- I mean, in my mind, it was longer than that. And when you, what you don't see, and I Googled, and there was something that came up about it, the fact that you never entered WWE, which WWE today is probably not at its ultimate peak. That was probably back, you know, during, what, I forgot what they call those days when they were doing the wars, and they really pulled away from WCW. Attitude, attitude, attitude era. Attitude era. Triple H, Shawn Michaels, that, that whole kind of thing. But do you look back, and whether that would be a platform thing based on now, or having scratched an itch, because obviously Sting got to do it for a very brief window. Do you wish you would have had time in WWE, or are you glad that didn't happen? No, I'm kind of, I'm kind of proud of the fact, actually, that I'm one of the few guys, if not one of the only guys with, you know, I'd say, you know, somewhat recognizable name that actually never worked for for uh, for Vince. Um, so uh, I'm in a I'm in a very rare rare group of of guys. Uh, I don't know how many others could probably claim that, but no regrets, no looking back at all unless they reached out to me and in the old days left a voicemail on one of those old recording machines and i missed it uh they never really approached me i did meet vince mcmahon in in a, in a gym in las vegas we're going head to head one time but it was never about business it was just a very cordial meeting uh talked to him again at road warrior hawk's funeral when i was the key speaker there at, at hawk's funeral um but that was about it but no regrets no regrets jeff so it's interesting because, like, I referenced Sting having been on there briefly. Now he's in AEW. But, you know, there, there's rumors going around that Vince McMahon may come back for a match even this year with WrestleMania. If they gave you a call and said, hey, we know the perfect opponent for Vince McMahon at WrestleMania, it's you, Nikita Koloff. <laughs> I said, I did another, I did a recent, another recent podcast interview, and they, and, and they were able to ask questions. And, and one of the panel asked the question, hey, all these old tire, all these old guys, all these old, whatever you want to call them, are, are doing a w- one last run or, or one more run, or is there going to be another run with Nikita Kola? I'm like, oh man, don't ask that question. Like, I'm like, well, I go, look, Ted DiBiase wrote a book that every man has a price. I go, I'm not sure what that price would be, but you know, I, I guess yeah, I'm not going to say I wouldn't consider it. However, I'm in another very rare category as well, I believe. And that is, I'm one of the few guys, to my knowledge, you might have researched this, that retired and actually stayed retired. Yeah. I didn't do 10 retirement parties. Yeah. And I'm not going to name any names, yeah. but but I'm also in, in, in rare yeah. air there as well, I believe. You're the Barry so Sanders I, of pro wrestling. Yes, for the football fans, they'll get that. I, I, have, been, I have been classified as the Barry Sanders of pro wrestling. Yeah. That is correct. Sure. All right, let's get let's get to some silly stuff real quick before we get back to some meat. So I do these rapid five questions that I kind of do with everybody, and they're kind of simple and short, and kind of hopefully somewhat humorous. So, what is your favorite childhood snack or cereal? Favorite childhood snack or cereal? Well, I remember in seventh grade doing a uh, uh, was it seventh grade or maybe it's eighth grade, but anyway, somewhere there in junior high school doing a commercial, a television commercial for Life Cereal. Oh. So for the old timers out there, 
hey, what's this? Some cereal. What is it? I don't know. It's supposed to be good for you. You like it? I don't like it. Hey, let's give it to Mikey. He, he eats anything. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Life cereal. How would that commercial have gone down if it was you instead of Mikey? What do you think, Nikita? <laughs> that would have been a different commercial, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's funny. So did you like the regular or did you like the cinnamon? Cinnamon, dude. Oh, yeah. You got to have the little cinnamon I agree. I could, I could tear up, even as an adult, some uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch when we have it and eat it as an 8, 8, 8 p.m. snack when I'm watching something. So here's one for you, Nikita. I'm really curious about your answer to this one. What is your favorite <laughs> book you most want to or have given to other people? Oh, well, I mean, gosh, it would probably go without saying, you know, without, without saying the, the, the Bible. No, I you mean, can't the, say the Bible, though. That, I you, I usually say that. That's the foundational, yeah. but you're going to go outside of that one. Yeah. You're going to go, ah, you can't give me that. you got to give me something <laughs> other than the Bible. So, oh, okay. Well, well, let's see. Take take your pick. Uh, Nikita, <laughs> Tale of the Ring of Redemption That's or right. Rest with Success. Take your pick. Two Nikita Koloff Life books. story, yeah. inspirational, motivational. You want to be motivated. You want to be inspired. I, I do give uh, a lot of those away just to put a plug in for my own Sure. Books. Are, you so a you are you a reader? I have become an avid reader. Readers are leaders. No readers doubt. are leaders. No doubt. I didn't always read, but actually post-retirement from wrestling, I became an avid reader. There are times I'll average maybe a, a book a week. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes that slows down, but then it speeds back up. I actually made a goal for 2022 to read one book a month. So I'd finish 12. I finished three books in the first three and a half weeks of 2022. So I'm ahead of schedule. Yeah, I, I had an author on. I was, uh, well, part of what he does is writing books on a previous podcast here. I told him I read 23 books on sabbatical last year over nine weeks. And his book was actually the book that was most impactful to me. So have you read something in the last year since you're reading more? What's, what's something in the last year you've read that you're like, wow, this is really good? I mean, there's there's so there's so many good ones out there, and some are secular, and 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 which I believe you can learn from those as well. Um, obviously, some are more or ministry related. Um, and um, good friend of mine, Jeffrey Gittimer, who I actually co-labored with on on Wrestle with Success, he's one of the top sales guys, sales trainers out there, and and uh, he wrote one during these last couple of years when everything kind of shifted right to Zoom calls and. Zoom meetings and all those sorts of things uh, uh, on how to take advantage of the podcast platform mm -hmm. and and Facebook Live and all those sorts of things. And there was a lot of really neat things that I, I learned through Je through Jeffrey's uh, uh, book. Uh, and now the, the title is going to escape me just in the moment as we're speaking. But just Google Jeffrey Gittimer. He's written about 25 books. Little Little Red Book is selling. If you're out there in the business world, uh, that'd be a great one to get. It's one of the best, all-time bestsellers on Amazon. But um, I, I learned a few things in there about how to take advantage and build your platform on social media, doing live. And, and, uh, and I'm going to implement some of the things that he wrote about in there and taking advantage of this shift in how to brand yourself I say all that to say not to brand Nikita Koloff, but to get the gospel message, get Koloff for Christ Ministries out there. Most importantly, the gospel message. So that's that's a that's a that's a pretty good one. Well, Jeffrey's written Sales Bible, Sales Manifesto, your book, Little Red Book of Selling, Jeffrey Gittmer's Little Teal Book of Trust. Yeah, he's got quite a few books out there. So I'm guessing one of he those does. one of those books is the one you're 
referencing that right there. So, so you got daughters. Let's let's talk. This will be an interesting question with all girls. So let's take them back in age a little bit, back to the teenage years. And you guys are trying to vacation, and you're heading. Maybe you're gonna come my way to Ohio, and you wanna you wanna pray for all these Big Ten fans who need the SEC love. And well, that's right. You're Minnesota. <laughs> We're going back. Roll Tide. That's right. Golden Gophers. You got uh, what's what's our guy? Who's your football coach again? I'm blanking. I can picture him. PJ Fleck. So PJ, let's say you're going to see PJ Fleck and you guys leave from North Carolina, you're driving, then your girls had to be younger for this to be applicable, but somebody's got to stop and go to the bathroom and it's about 15 minutes sooner than you planned on. And if you're like me, you're like, okay, I'm not stopping now to go to the bathroom and then we're going to stop somewhere later down the road. So you're getting off the exit sign and these three restaurants pop up. You see Chick-fil-A, you see McDonald's and you've traveled a lot. So I'm sure you've been here. You see In-N-Out Burger. Where would the Koloff clan be going? McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, or In-N-Out Burger? It, de- it depends, Jeff, if it's my treat day or my healthy days. <laughs> if it's a treat day, then I'm going to In-N-Out Burger, do hands down. In-N-Out Burger, yep. hands down. <laughs> if it's a So that's my guilt-free day. My, I call it my treat day. Not cheat day treat day um if it's a healthy day then then hands down chick-fil-a in fact my daughter kendra and her husband brandon absolutely they they, they're suffering for jesus over in maui hawaii they've been living out there seven going on eight years but anytime they come back to the east coast they were just here they probably go to chick-fil-a four or five times while they were here so so chick-fil-a hands down if it's a healthy day in and out burger if it's a guilt-free day yeah other than the fact i'm not as healthy as you i would agree totally with those those are great answers right there so let's jump back in so the preacher's daughter i watched that i was really curious about you and what your family was like and so i watched i didn't realize it was on for three seasons so maybe i just watched one season and then mark perry who was on there with you he actually planted a church in springfield ohio where i live and he came and did an, um, a, like just simple lunch and people got a chance to hang out with him. And there was probably 50, 60 people there. And it so, so happened when I came in, I was a few minutes late and it, there were p- people were in groups of four at tables and his table had an opening and him and his wife just looked at me and said, Hey Jeff, why don't you just sit here with us? So I got a chance to know him and talk to him, but you guys were on that show together. Talk about what that was like, because being on Lifetime, they're clearly going to try to you know, bring some stuff out and not make folks who are living for Jesus probably try to look great. But I thought you guys really did in many ways. And what was that like, giving your your time and your life and your family to Preacher's Daughter that was on Lifetime a number of years ago? So, yeah, you know, Hollywood's all about ratings, right? And so, you know, show, a show like that, what it, what it survives on is is conflict and controversy and, and, and all that. So I can't speak for any of the other families. I can only speak for ours. And and that what we portrayed on there was was real life real life stories. I mean, it really was. You know, whether it was my youngest daughter Colby getting ready to, you know, I think she was 15 when the show season one, and she was getting ready to to be able to date. Uh, you know, so so you know that that type of conversation. Hey, Dad, how do you feel about you know me dating? You know, so it was real life stories. It, it was uh, looking back. You know, I was familiar with television. None of the family was. It's centered around her life, actually, even though the whole family was on there. And, um, and so it was, it was an interesting experience for all of them. Uh, actually, not one, if you were to talk to her now, not one that she looks favorably back on, because it was a lot of work for her. She was in school. 
when she leave for school, you know, maybe she have to get up 6 a.m. to head to school, get out of school, maybe two in the afternoon, jump right into filming and, and, and sometimes be up till 10, 11 at night and the gr and grueling days of filming. So it's not necessarily the fondest memories she has of that. She kind of became the darling of the show. She didn't do all three seasons. She did season one, which I believe the original goal of that, Jeff, was to give people an inside look at what it's like to be the daughter of a preacher, like, like a realistic look at that. I believe by the end of season one, based on feedback I got from other people and pastors who had girls and daughters, et cetera, uh, it was very, uh, many of them, it really ministered to a lot of them. It, I, I believe we accomplished that. Season two, they they shifted it up. They changed it up, put some new families on there, got a little more edgy, started pushing the envelope as Hollywood does. They wanted Colby to come back on season three, but she respectfully declined. Kudos and credit to her, right? You know, what, what young person wouldn't want to be a television star, right? Basically. But that launched her into a Christian music career, People can find her music on iTunes and all, all the different places, Kobe Koloff. And, and so I said the overall arching conclusion is it, it was uh, some, some great exposure for the family uh, and different, different daughters had different takes on it and how they felt about it. Um, but uh, I think at the end of the day, at least with season one, we were able to get a, a very positive message and minister to 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 people. Wow, that's that's neat to hear. I, I, you seem to have a very positive, upbeat thought way of thinking to many many things. I want to I want to ask you. I love asking guys like you this, Nikita. Like you're you're an all in guy. Uh, I can imagine wrestling growing up, um, whatever it is. You know, I, I I think sometimes I like to say this, and some people can can critique this. From a, from a theology standpoint, but I really think for all of us, we're either all in with Jesus or we're not. There's, it's not, I'm, I'm following Jesus, or I'm a, non, I'm a Christian or I'm a non-Christian. We're either really going after Jesus as a follower of Jesus. There's no really such thing as marginal. God didn't call us to say, like you said, CEOers or CNEers or whatever, just you know, claim the name of Jesus, but don't live your life for him. You were, and you seem like an all-in guy. With that being said, what does it look like for you to have leadership, mentoring, discipleship, into you, not just you giving out, but people pouring into you. Who pours into you? Yeah, so so you're you're spot on with the all in because you know you know when I picked up an Iron Man magazine at age twelve, started watching you know reading bodybuilding is a bodybuilding magazine. I bought a hundred ten pound weight set from back in the day Sears and Roebuck as it was called, and I was all in. You know I'll work out today after this interview. I mean fifty years later I'm still in the gym working out. I call that out at all in. Mm. I started playing football. I mean I lived, ate, slept, breathed it. I was all in. Uh, when I broke into wrestling, I'm like, oh, I don't want to just be a professional wrestler. I want to be a world champion. Well, I became one, eight-time world champion. I was all in. When I went to the altar 17 October 1993 to surrender my life to Jesus, once again, all in. I mean, you're right. It's not about you can't ride the fence. In fact, Jesus referenced it. Hey, I'd rather you either be hot or cold. <laughs> if you're lukewarm... I will spew you out of my mouth. In other words, you know, I, I, my envision, he's like disgusted with, with those who are lukewarm Christians, those who just warm a pew, you know, every Sunday morning and check that box that, man, you got to be on fire for, for God. I mean, think about what Jesus did for you when he sacrificed 
himself on a cross. Look, I like to say it this way. I was listening to a sermon earlier this morning, and, and he said, look, you think Jesus died on a cross so that you could sit on sit on a pew for two hours every Sunday? I, I mean, is that why Jesus died on a cross for you? No, because you're supposed to be out there serving him every single day. And so you asked about mentors, Jeff. When I look back on my life, starting in the early days of life, Bill Burke, Irv Nerdall, uh, Dave Scrine, Ross Forchi, John Richmond, Jerry McFarlane. Those are some of the early mentors BC, before Christ, but guys who helped mold and shape me and to have this passion for life, most of those were coaches. More recently, Jay Stewart, who's been my pastor for 28 plus years, Ronnie Dean Raven, who's been in ministry 53 years, he's in his mid-70s, lives there in Missouri. We talk on a weekly basis, multiple times a week. He's like a spiritual father of mine. There's others that have been mentors from afar, Francis Chan, Dr. David Jeremiah, Mike Bickle, um, and uh, Alistair Begg, and others who are mentors from afar who pour into me. My pastor and I meet face-to-face on a monthly basis. Ronnie and I talk to each other on a weekly basis. It's so important to stay engaged and connected. I like to say this, Jeff. I'll summarize by saying this. Everybody needs a Paul, a Barnabas, and a Mm -hmm. Timothy in their life. A Paul, a Barnabas, and a Timothy. A Paul being, just like Paul poured into young Timothy, a young pastor, right? Up and rising pastor. That's Ronnie Dean Raven. Everyone needs a Barnabas. I have Lex Luger and and, uh, Jay Stewart and some others who are like my peers who keep me accountable. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And then everyone needs a, a, a Josh Jones. That's a young man who goes to college here at UNCC, who I've met with on a regular basis and invested and sown into him as others have sown into me. So you want to stay engaged, stay on fire, then have an inner circle of people. And that's what's going to keep you on fire for God. Wow. That is gold. I, I tell you what, when I ask that question, sometimes I'm, I'm really shocked and caught off guard where people don't have an answer to that question. And it's kind of disappointing, like, well, man, I mean, at some point your tank is running dry if you don't have a response. Nikita, you've been a great guest. You know, I'm hoping and praying every time I meet and have conversation like this with guys like you, I'm hoping, thinking it's going to be good. I'm hoping and thinking the well's dug deep. Uh, You've blown way past that. I mean, I've had chances to taste through Preacher's Daughter, through podcasts, Scott Rupp telling me. You're the real deal, man. You are, you are all in. And uh, we need more men like you as examples. Um, tell us more where people can find. I mean, you, we've obviously mentioned some stuff throughout this podcast. Man Camp, Man Up Podcast. What are the different ways where people can connect with you beyond this podcast? So, can you hear me okay? Can you turn off the video, Andy says? You got me okay? Yeah, if the video goes off, she said it might be better. What's going on? Can you hear me okay, Jay? Uh, it's kind of in and out. And any better? I don't know what's going on. This never happened before. Yo, it, are we back? It's. It, it, she said, if you turn off the video right now and just make it audio without the video, I mean, you sounded good what you just said there for like 20 seconds. Let's try it without the video. That's usually what people want from me. They, Jeff, it, can you turn off your video? Check, check. Sounds, one, two. Yep, sounds good for right now. Yeah, you can 
Okay, so yeah, to just finish it out that way. What, where can people find you, Nikita? What's, what's, where do they go to find out what's coming up next? So people, it's a one-stop shop, koloff.net. Go to koloff.net, K-O-L-O-F-F.net. And, and people, can, pastors can connect with me there if they're interested in bringing the Man Up Conference, you know, into their community on a Saturday, preach on a Sunday. Um, if they want to learn more about Man Camp, we do one in the spring, one in the fall. We got just a few spots left for this one in, at the end of April. They can link to Man Camp right through koloff.net and find out more about Man Camp. Uh, excited about that because we really we want to what Lex and I want to do is is teach and train, equip and empower men and then deploy men to go back home and to be just, you know, better godly men, godly husbands and godly fathers. So that's kind of the vision for the conference and the camps. Got a big conference coming up. I'll send you the information Please do. for uh, in, in, in Fort Mill, South Carolina called Man Up Conference with NBA All-Star Al Wood, Lex Luger, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin so many others that'll be a part of that conference and and the podcast they can link right to the podcast they can link right to my social media right through koloff.net they're interested in the books they can get those personally autographed right through that website so it's all right there koloff.net is where they can find me and connect with me right there well thanks for being with us today nikita i feel like i could sit down and you know, have a beverage, get a bite to eat, and really do a lot of conversation, a lot of life with you. If and when we're together, maybe we'll we'll meet up at the uh, the cove or somewhere down there. I look forward to more dialogue and uh, appreciate your flexibility. Come on, last second as well. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys, and look forward to uh, look forward to staying connected. That sounds great, Nikita. Have a great day. Many blessings. And All much right, God bless you, brother. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. You can reach Jeff at gatheringmiamivalley.org or find us on Facebook at The Gathering of the Miami Valley. Join us again next week for another honest and rich conversation. The Rise FM Podcast Network.